Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Michael. And I'm Shane. Welcome to episode 71, Great American Bash 1992. The Battle Beyond the Belt. Or the Tag Tournament from Hell. (laughs) (laughs) I second that. This was the 8th Great American Bash produced by the WCW. It would take place on July 12th, 1992 from the Albany Civic Center in Albany, Georgia. And the attendance was 8,000 people. Good on you. Moving on I'm sorry, 8,000 people. (laughs) Also, Albany, Georgia? That's a thing? Sure. I have no clue where it is. At least in uh, Oklahoma, our Miami is Miami. I mean, it might be something different. Yeah, I just yeah. could be I'm sure it's still Albany, but I was like, I was like Albany, Al- Georgia, Al- Albany, Albany, Albany. Yeah. Oh, Georgia. Yeah. Hey, speaking, of, speaking of Georgia. Hey. What kind of treat did you bring for us this time? Oh my you goodness! You heard my crunch. I uh, I decided to do something a little tasty, a little delicious, a little less boozy. Uh, a little less boozy, a little more heat. We need a little spice in our uh, our great American batch. It is both those things. Uh, doing my research, I found out that uh, a pimento cheese sandwich is popular. Uh, officially, the state sandwich of Georgia is what I read. But I also know that those uh, lovely Georgians love their uh, fried green tomatoes. So you got two good things. You may as well put them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hell, we're we're in a, a tag team oh, pay per view here, so we'll have a tag team sandwich. Beautiful segue. So I made up a. Uh, a grilled, or I should say, a toasted uh, pimento cheese and fried green tomato sandwich with bacon. Cheesy, creamy, crunchy, delicious, nice kick of heat. And yeah. as I like to do with a microphone in front of me as mm-hmm. I'm talking about food, give you a little sound. So a, here, a, a triple crunch. Listen. Oh, yeah. If you've never had one, make one. They're easy. Yeah. That's all, all you need. Together. Yep. And you've got. An NWA tag team champion. Yeah, a sandwich worthy of a belt. It's like a great American bash in my mouth. <laughs> Whether that's good or bad. <laughs> no, we're here I mean, to talk about good, it. good, but... Yeah. We'll find out about the show here yeah. in a minute. Mm-hmm. But we should talk about a couple movies that came out the weekend before the show. Oh, I can talk about these movies. Boomerang and A League of Their Own. You can talk about both of these movies. I What is Boomerang? Boomerang is Eddie Murphy. All right. I Allen love Eddie Murphy. What? I want to say David Allen Greer might what? be there too. How have I not seen Boomerang? <laughs> That's a good question. Is it a comedy? Yes. I mean, I'll, I mean Eddie Murphy, like what am I, stupid? Yeah. Rom-com with Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry. A and soundtrack featuring Boys to Men. Oh, my God. Brian McKnight, Babyface, uh, SWV. The, yeah. Half of them were on my Preach. first, one of the first Preach. albums I ever had, the Space Jam soundtrack. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I guess say, I, I need a boomerang. This was the summer, this was the summer that I remember because I drove around listening to this soundtrack constantly. Oh Not only God. the soundtrack, but just it played on the radio constantly too. I, I mean, SWV Week was a part of this. 
Brian McKnight, One Last Cry, I think was on there. I think Brian McKnight has cried since then. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> A few times. <clears throat> Crying as he's bringing all that money in. Uh, uh, but yeah, Boomerang, fucking phenomenal. Okay. Maybe their own. But wait a second. What Boys to Men song is there? Because one of my other first CDs I ever had was Boys to Men 2. Um, so I'm, I'm a big Boys to Men fan. Or at least as a child, I don't go back and listen to End of the, the Road, it might have been featured oh, on here. Oh, man. Come on. That's a good classic song. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a it's a great movie. It's a great soundtrack, and then you jump to A League of Their Own, and this one was one of my favorites. It's still one of my favorites of all time. There's no crying in baseball. <sighs> there's this, no crying this, in baseball. But when you watch this movie and you don't cry, then there's something wrong with you because it should be hitting at every single fucking emotion that you have. Yeah, it's, A League of Their Own rocks. Also, is this like the only time that like Tom Hanks kind of played a shithead, and he still wasn't as shitty as the is the. Who was it, like the owner of no, the he team? Was, he was a shithead with a heart of gold. So Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he's just kind of down in that. Yeah. But still. Uh, I mean, it was it was him. It's Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, oh. Rosie O'Donnell. Boomerang um, was uh, was directed by uh, Reginald Hudlin, who's like the CEO of BET, or at least it was at yeah. one point. Crazy. I know this cover, and too. It was, I know it the was, cover. <laughs> I've seen it a million times. It was End of the Road. Was, was it? Oh. Okay. See. And the music, the score, I guess, was Marcus Miller? What? What is Where this movie? Where have you been? I don't this... know. Oh my god. Well, yeah. add it to the list. Add that yeah. one to the list Always... of movies you haven't seen. Yeah. I'm really seen... regretting watching uh, Bewitched yesterday. You've seen A League of Their Own, though, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was on TV sure. all the time. You couldn't really get away from it. Plus, like, how could you want. Like, it's one of those, if it's on, like, I miss I miss flipping channels as, with cable as a kid and but that's one of the ones where it's like, oh, like League of Their Own's on. I guess I'll watch this till it's over. Absolutely. All the, it was one of those because they just played so much. And it feels like everybody, like every channel had it for like, you know, how movie, the, like TNT still has the rights to like Star Wars, yeah, which mean, is crazy to me. I was at work and they had TNT on television and Solo was on. And I was like, TNT has been playing Star Wars since like 93. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's crazy to me. League of Their Own was... For women's baseball, what Rudy was for football. I mean, yeah, I saw Rudy so much as a kid. I don't think I, I don't know that I like it. But as a kid, I watched it all the time, and I don't like football. I like Sean Austin. Yeah, you don't have to like football to like, like Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's one of those movies where Same it's like, with I don't baseball, know if I want to. Or with League of Their Own, you yeah. don't have to like baseball no. to like that movie. Honestly, I like, I love sports movies. I'm not a big sports guy. I love sports documentaries, and I don't love watching most sports. I'm not always a fan of John Lovitz, but his character in this <laughs> movie was, I mean, it was perfect John Lovitz. That's, John Lovitz that's what he should rocks. always be playing. I mean, I've been uh, watching The Critic on, like, Crackle or something. <laughs> it sucks that there's commercials, but where else are you going to get the credit? You get Madonna. This used to be my playground. I mean... Yeah, the Madonna song. That's the song in the trailer. Get myself in the... worked up. I got to take another bite of the mm. sandwich. Spice you up or Both these movies had number one songs mm. on their soundtracks. Check them out if you yeah. haven't. Do a Boomerang League of Their Own. Double, Double feature. feature. Where are you going? The world's on fire. Warm your heart. Let's go ahead and get to the show. We get narration over pictures of wrestlers competing on the show. And the pyro's going off as Tony Schiavone welcomes us. And Magnum T.A. is with him on the stage. His little ponytail and his bow tie. They send us to video from Clash of the Champions 19, where the Steiners and Miracle Violence Connection met in a quarterfinal match of the NWA World Tag Team Tournament, where the Connection 
would hit Scott's knee multiple times, causing a severe injury. How severe was it? Did he have to go to a medical facility? <laughs> Possibly. Hopefully it was a hospital. But we did say, we did, we have uncovered that WCW was the first time we've heard medical facility. So Vince says he doesn't watch the other product, but I mean, come on. Unless JR brought it to him at some point it's very possible. In, the, uh, in the future of when this show took place. They also let us know that Akira Nagawa was tagging with Hiroshi Hase, but he had suffered an eye injury, which they show us footage of him at a doctor's office. Yeah, I thought that was a really weird production for like this Japanese guy that nobody... It's not even uh, Isaka who like actually had an eye injury on a couple shows ago in the match. It's like some guy that probably hasn't really been on... Much regular. The only other time we've ever seen him was a couple matches with Liger on the Super Shows. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. So he's not even a guy anybody in this fan base uh, probably cares about. I mean, there's probably a couple tape traders out there, but I mean, you know, the majority of the audience is not that. So Shinya Hashimoto has replaced him on that tag team, or as I like to call, uh, Chunky Kicks. They show us the tournament bracket. And then we get Jim Ross and Jesse the Body Ventura. You're not going to break down the, the bracket? No, like we'll our, get to our it. predictions? We'll maybe? get to it as we get there. <laughs> yeah. They welcome us from ringside and preview the world title match, which will be Sting versus Vader later on in the show. Something to get excited about. Eric Bischoff is then in the locker room with Cowboy Bill Watts. And Watts describes the rule differences between the NWA and the WCW. Oh, my God. Like baseball. Mm-hmm. With a DH instead of a pitcher hitting. You have, it's basically the same rules, you just have this slight change. What's DH mean? Designated, Designated hitter. Oh, I know that. So, <laughs> for the NWA matches that are on this show, you get the rules that you all love and know, basically. You can go off the top rope, you can throw people in the guardrails. You get wrestling. You get real wrestling. Yeah, yeah. In the WCW matches, which there's only one to the world title match, all those things are not there again. So, cool. Yeah, also this is the return of the dreaded Suplay. Bill Watts says Suplay. Oh, does it? Yeah, he says Suplay instead of Suplex. Well, he also says, let's go hook him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we get to our first match, flying Brian Pillman and Jushin Thunder Liger versus Nikita Koloff and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a quarterfinal match. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. And Pillman and... I'm ready yeah, for this match. We've, the, even like the Pillman, the big Pillman Liger match, they did the show respect and hug it out thing last time we saw them uh, together, so you know. So everyone with handshakes to start us off, and Koloff overpowers Pillman early on, but Brian escapes the corner to hit a drop kick, goes for mounted punches, only for Nikita to hit an atomic drop, Charge into the corner where Pillman sidesteps and cradles up Koloff for a two count. Flying Brian and Liger take turns working on Nikita's arm until Koloff tosses Jushin to the ropes, who returns with a shoulder block that is no sold. So Liger starts running the ropes again, slides underneath Nikita, and hits a drop kick and a shoulder block that takes Koloff down. Steamboat's in with a drop kick to Pillman, snapmares Liger into the ring with, from the apron and gives the two a double noggin knocker to force them both out to the floor. I do like that Pillman got his eyes on the prize. He got to stop, stop the sickle and immediately works, you know, the, the arm early on for Nicole, uh, Nikolov, Nikita Koloff. 
and see, I was wondering, my first thought, you've got Steamboat in the ring with Pillman and Liger, is Michael hard yet? Hmm, yeah. <laughs> before, the, before the bell rang, I was like, well, I don't hate Nikita Koloff, but, you know, if we're going to go, um, I'm going to, if I can, three, I'm gonna, three of your favorites. If I'm going to pick three, you know, I'm going to pick, pick the boys that can move. Back in the ring, Ricky with an arm bar, only for Brian to escape by tossing the dragon to the ropes. Multiple leapfrogs, but one too many as Steamboat catches him and delivers an inverted atomic drop, a clothesline, and an arm drag. Pillman takes Ricky down with a clothesline and tags in Jushin for them to hit stereo drop kicks. Nikita's in with a body slam and a back elbow that sends Liger to his own corner for a tag. And we're the bunch of quick tags from the juniors. It's really cool and smart, but it's when Nikita comes in, Jesse Ventura says something about Nikita hitting women. And yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like a thing. Like was he like was there like some some dirt cheap thing or was it like a was... uh, a storyline or what? But I was like, hmm, like this is interesting or is Jesse just throwing wild accusations out there at talent cuz that's a that's a pretty uh crummy like shade to be thrown i was listening to them and he was saying or jr had said something about medusa being involved so i don't know if uh, something happened between yeah. nikita and medusa he, you can hit a woman if she's a heel it's uh it says it in the bible it says it in uh yeah in bill watts southern wrestling bible the dragon works a headlock only for flying brian to escape to hit a back body drop a running elbow and a drop kick for a two count Liger's in with a series of kicks, a backbreaker, hits the moonsault for a near fall, then hits a tombstone pile driver for another two count, a body slam, and a running senton. Again, only a two count. You gotta get it in. This is where Jesse gets his, what, I think every time he's been present for a Liger match, he has to say something about the Predator. Steamboat fires out of nowhere with a back suplex. Nikita's in with a big boot, multiple elbow drops for a two count, and then begins to wear Jushin down with a chin lock. Mm, at least it's not a trap hold. Ricky's back in with multiple backbreakers, switches it into a running power slam, and makes the cover, but Pillman breaks it up. Double back elbows from Koloff and the Dragon, Nikita goes back to the chin lock, and Jushin's reaching out for the tag, but Koloff just pulls him away. Steamboat tosses Liger to the ropes, only to duck his head, allowing Jushin to kick him and make the tag. As Flying Brian comes in hot with chops, a back body drop to Ricky, drop kicks Koloff off the apron, and a body slam on the dragon, before deciding to slow it down with a headlock. Maybe he forgot what he was going to do next. When this in, when it, match is on fire. <laughs> Matt, when in doubt, chin lock. Top rope drop kick Because you can Liger, whisper in their ear and be like, all right, here's the next couple of things. Followed by a handspring clothesline onto Steamboat. Ricky fires back with chops. Nikita no-sells Jushin's open palm strikes and hits a shoulder block and a body slam when Pillman comes in to drop kick Koloff from behind. Flying Brian then slams Nikita's head into the turnbuckle, hits multiple drop kicks, and goes for a running crossbody. But Koloff catches him, only for Liger to come into the ring and drop kick them for Pillman to land on top. Uh, I know, and I was like, I got excited for a second. I was like, could could the juniors win? 
Could the light heavyweights in? I was like, of course I know. That's probably not going to happen. But that spot, I was like, well, you know, this is a fun, quick one. Hey, at least he got to jump off the top turnbuckle. I mean, yes. <laughs> Nikita then throws Brian over the ropes, only for Pillman to hold on and jump back up onto the top rope to hit an air Pillman. Flying Brian then jumps up to the top turnbuckle, connects with a missile drop kick. The dragon jumps in the ring only to receive a drop kick as well to send him out to the floor. And Pillman makes the cover on Koloff for a near fall. Nikita reverses an Irish whip, charging into a big boot and a high knee from Brian. Then Pillman locks on a sleeper, only for Koloff to escape with a jawbreaker. You do that sleeper, you gotta like keep your head to the side, guys. Both teams Tuck make the chin. Tuck the chin. Liger catches Ricky with an insiguri, but then misses a drop kick as Steamboat holds onto the ropes. The dragon goes for an arm drag, only for Liger to reverse it into a backslide for a two count. Ricky sends Juice into the ropes, where he blind tags Flying Brian, who comes in with a slingshot crossbody for a near fall. Pillman with a headlock takedown, which is reversed into a head scissors, then into a jackknife pin attempt which Steamboat bridges out of into a backslide pin attempt for a two count. Now Ricky has the headlock, only for Brian to reverse it into a back suplex. And Pillman then goes up top, but the dragon stumbles onto the ropes to crotch Flying Brian. Uh, not the family jewels? He's a family man. Koloff and Liger both jump in the ring as Pillman regroups, coming off with a crossbody. But Steamboat uses the momentum to roll on top for the pin and the win. Uh-huh. What a match. I mean, my note after this match was, can't imagine we'll get a better tag match tonight. If that's the best one. <laughs> I mean, note. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk through it. We'll, talk, we'll, get, we'll get through there, but you know. It my was... note played on a comment that was made through it, and it said... There was something mentioned about Rick Rude and Nikita Koloff putting off their little feud for the U.S. title to focus on the battle for the tag team gold. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> okay. The uh... Eric's in the back with the Steiner brothers, and they had lost the WCW World Tag Team Championships to the Miracle Violence Connection about a week earlier at a house show. But they were still the IWGP Tag Team Champions, which they had won a few weeks earlier from Vader and Bigelow. Mm. So they traded one belt for the other, basically. Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow in Japan? Yeah. As a tag team? Yeah. That was cool. I miss Bam Bam. Every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, cool. And it's kind of like the same with Vader. It's like, cool. Like, And then they're gone. And then they show up, and I'm like, ah, cool. Did we get to watch any of their stuff at all? <laughs> I see. Yeah, I saw I've your never watched Bam Bam and, and Bam Bam. Me neither. I don't know if we see any other uh, tag matches. Well, I've got. I've. I can Google on. I can Google. There'll be some stuff on Daily Motion. Uh, there's definitely some definitely stuff, some out, stuff there. out there. Scott then starts talking about great competitors. How none were undefeated. They just looked adversity in the eye, and then they came back even better. Mm. Rick says, "When we get the." Miracle Violence Connection in the ring again. Kids, get your parental consent to watch, because it ain't going to be pretty. Because we're going to kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> who does he, like, he name drops, drops Muhammad Ali, and who else? Um, That's the only one I can remember. Yeah. You can't, you can't, there's no, you can't forget Muhammad Ali. He wouldn't allow it. <laughs> he is the greatest. <laughs> 
Our second match, Hiroshi Hase and Shinya Hasamoto versus the fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin in a quarterfinal match. Hiroshi Hase's got a, a neat little a new look, that little dirty stash. He's had that for a while. Has he? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe this show is just in a better quality. Maybe it was the yellow pants, but he just looked a little bit sleazier here. So JR tells us this is the refs. Nick, who's Nick Patrick, it's his first match back after sustaining an Maybe injury was the mullet. in an automobile accident. So welcome back, Nick. Yeah. We've missed you. Nice to see you, buddy. Hayes does some dancing for us, as he always does, to get us started. Yeah, moonwalk. P.S. is controlling Hase early on with headlocks and arm bars. Shinya tags in and takes over on Garvin with the same. Yeah, I love when Hashimoto does like the... He comes in and he just like teases the the quick foot and it's like how is this man moving so fast because he's a dump truck of a human like he's just like the most stout man but those uh those little foot kick spins are great when we've seen Hashimoto what once before I think a couple times we've yeah. seen him we saw him at the G1 in '91 and yeah. then we just saw him at the super show. the super show yeah but we, I guess it's the first time we've seen him in the U.S. Hashimoto with several strikes with his feet and a body slam, but Hayes is tagged in and goes back to an armbar on Hashimoto until Shinya begins choking P.S., hitting a back elbow and slamming his head into Hase's knee. Hiroshi's in with a body slam and a running senton for a two count, hits a gut buster and starts working Hayes' ribs over with strikes, and then Shinya does the same with kicks. Hashimoto with a spinning heel kick and goes for the cover, but Garvin makes the save. Shinya then hits a reverse bridging body slam. Yeah, it's like a but it's like kind of a fireman's carry suplex thing too. It's like a fireman's carry position like suplex, but he like bridges for the pin. It's kind of cool. It was super cool. Yeah. Hayes then fires up with a face plant only for Hashimoto to lock on a chin lock to wear down PS a bit more. Do you guys know what a pole cat is? Yes. Is it a skunk? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> I know they said it was a skunk, but I don't believe Jesse Ventura. Or, or JR, for that matter. Multiple head slams into turnbuckles by the Japanese and goes for an Irish whip, only for Hayes to reverse it to send the two men into each other. But they recover to attempt a double clothesline, which P.S. ducks and hits left jabs to both men. And we get our coveted DDT chant from the crowd. Hayes crawls to his corner for the... Hot tag! Garvin comes in with multiple forearms, body slams, clotheslines to both Japanese gentlemen. As the ref gets P.S. out of the ring, Hase is tossed to the ropes by Jimmy Jim, but Hashimoto with a savat kick right into Hiroshi, who hits a Northern Lights suplex for the pin and the win. Nice. Didn't expect the Japanese team to go over. Mm -mm. So that's cool. The reason might be... Because this is the last time <gasps> we see the Freebirds together <sighs> on a pay-per-view. Weird. Wild. Aww. I know. Crazy that we've had the Freebirds for so long. Mm -hmm. And they're no longer together. Did you know Hase was a professor? Yes. He's also he's on the, he's the head of sports and education on the board to the Prime Minister of Japan right now. So like when the Olympics got shut down, that was like he was the one that basically made the sweating decision. Sweating bullets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's like our uh, 
Anna probably Fair less uh, probably less polarizing of a figure as Inoki uh, politically, but you know, he's still a political figure in Japan. And apparently, he won a title in his first match. Yeah, he won the world title. Oh, yeah, coming yeah, back from like excursion. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Tony's on the stage with Cowboy Bill Watson, Hiro Matsuda, and Cowboy Bill has big gold with him. Yeah, it's back. And or is this the this is the first time we've seen it since, the first, yeah, since Ric Flair had it. Ric Flair was back like, oh, in, I guess you can have your belt back. Yeah. And Shivani tells us that an NWA singles tournament will be held August 6th in Tokyo. So that, now we're cycling like the WC. We're like, okay, there's two of every, not every title, but of the like big titles because NWA again. Yeah, WCW's basically kind of signed an agreement with NWA to yeah. feature their feature their belts again yeah it's just so confusing i would too too many belts is a problem and i'm a little worried i mean i can't base it off of this show because this is just all tag matches you gotta see what they do with the with with the other things that they will have to do because wrestling continues forever but the tournament that they are talking about will consist of many wcw and new japan pro wrestling wrestlers and it's the 92 G1 Climax. Ooh. So we will cover that, or at least a few matches of it. Yeah, what, a, we could, what we could find. In a couple weeks. Watson says, he literally says, they took Flair's name off the belt. Yeah, I was like, hmm, all right. And the tournament will wow. decide whose name will go on it next. Okay, so is it, a polecat is just what a skunk is, or is that just a nickname for a skunk? It's a nickname. All right, Georgia slang. Or... Why don't I don't Why don't I know? I don't. I know. You lived in Oklahoma this long, and you've never heard of a polka? I didn't hear the word. I didn't hear anybody say cattywampus until I was like a junior in high school. I'm a southern boy by transplant. I guess so. I'm a Nebraska boy, and I heard cattywampus back when I was like four or five. I, <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have any relatives <laughs> that are actually from the south. How about Robert Necky? Well, yeah, but I know what that is. I mean, some people don't from the north. Really? Yeah. What do they call them? Assholes. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so Sting holds a victory over the last NWA champion. So Bill Watts is hoping that whoever wins will sign a contract for a match to consolidate the belts into one world's champion, which would be a great thing. And so they keep big gold because it's better looking, right? Yeah. So we're off to our third match, ravishing Rick Rude and stunning Steve Austin. With the first lady of WCW, Medusa. I'm glad you got the first lady part of that. Versus the natural Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham in a quarterfinal match. Rude takes the mic and tells all the fat, out of shape, sweat hogs to keep the noise down so I can show you what a real man is supposed to look like. Can you tell that I love that Yeah, that I gimmick? Mean, it's a good gimmick. It's like... His forever gimmick, right? It's like, this is just what Rick Rude does. You look like that, you call everybody fat. It's smart. So the match is back and forth early on until Austin tries for multiple roll-ups. The Barry catches Stunning Steve with a right hand to stop the momentum. Austin locks on a head scissors, but once Wyndham escapes, he hits Steve with another hard right hand that sends him to Rhodes for an elbow and then to the floor to regroup. I love that uh, Jesse Ventura is throwing shade at Barry Wyndham's like still taped up hand from like two years ago. That's what Jesse does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He never lets anything go. You remember how long he kept calling Dino the yes. world's strongest man? Yes, yeah. Of course you remember. How could you forget? How long he called Tito Chico? <laughs> he 
He that was a like pet name. It's like a term of endearment. Dustin and Rude both tag in. The Ravishing One sends the natural to the corner and charges into a big boot and a clothesline from Rhodes. Both men duck each other on another clothesline attempt and Dustin with a back suplex and an arm drag to begin working on Rude's arm. Multiple shoulder blocks and a snapmare get the Ravishing One in control to apply a chin lock. Goes for a tombstone pile driver, but the natural reverses for one of his own and makes the cover, only for Austin to make the save. Elbow dropped by Rhodes, goes for a splash, but Rude gets his knees up. Stunning Steve comes in with a snapmare, a knee drop, head slams into turnbuckles, and a clothesline for a two count. Dustin fires back with a knee to the gut and starts punting Stunning Steve out to the floor. And I, I love that moment where Steve Austin does the cower, like, cowers. He's like on the mat and like, it's like, oh, like I'm going to get hit. And it's like just a beautiful way to... Get the crowd booing your ass, laughing at you. Put some put some more heat on you. This big old badass. Mm-hmm. Backing down. Back in the ring, the natural locks on an ab stretch. Then Wyndham comes in with a flying lariat for a near fall. Austin with a back body drop on Barry. Rude starts working over the back with forearms, a back suplex. Stunning Steve sets Wyndham up on the top rope for a superplex but Barry knocks him off with multiple headbutts and follows out with a running crossbody. Medusa jumps up on the apron, distracting the ref as the Ravishing One yanks Wyndham down by his ponytail as he was running the ropes. Rude then comes in with a missile drop kick for the pin, and the, no, Barry gets the shoulder up. The Ravishing One hits a pile driver and makes the cover, only for the natural to make the save. Wyndham's firing up and crawls through Rude's legs to make the tag, but Austin with a double axe handle to stop the momentum, followed by a vertical suplex for a two count. Barry keeps firing up, but the Dangerous Alliance continues to stop him from making the tag with multiple chin locks and headlocks. Austin's selling in this match is just so, so good and consistent. Wyndham with a back body drop to the Ravishing One, but Stunning Steve is right in to kick Barry out to the floor. Back in, Austin with a big boot and makes the pin with cut leverage, but Wyndham kicks out. Stunning Steve then locks on a chin lock, (laughs) using leverage from the ropes and rude. The Alliance even trade off to make it last a little bit longer. Austin with shoulder blocks in the corner, a back body drop, but then Barry with a desperation inside cradle for a two count. They then both hit clotheslines for a double KO. Back suplex by stunning Steve, rude in only to receive an atomic drop from Wyndham, and then they run into each other for another double KO. But Barry ends up falling backwards to make the hot tag. Rhodes in with bionic elbows to everybody, clothesline, drop kick to send the ravishing one out to the floor, Leaps off the second rope with a back elbow to Austin, but Rude breaks up the count and a pier six erupts with Wyndham getting a double noggin knocker to and that, the alliance. The moment where Steve Austin is like taunting the, the faces from from the apron, but like doing like the tag. I was just like, you just have it all here, sir. <laughs> like, yeah. Stunning Steve sets up for the pile driver, but the natural comes flying off the top rope with the clothesline. For the pin and oh. no win. I love these tag matches. 
Eric's in the locker room with Vader and Harley Race, and Vader claims to be the uncrowned champion. And Race says that Vader is ready, and there will be a bunch of disappointed little stingers. Vader also the stingers have faced disappointment before. Yes, Sting is not booked like Hulk Hogan. The little stingers have cried themselves to sleep multiple times in their WCW fandom. Vader follows up with, I fear no man, and I feel no pain. Harley Race has a new suit jacket. It has weird pockets, and he's also rocking that real tight curly mullet. I had to say something about Harley Race having a second suit jacket. It is, I don't know which one's worse, but this one's different. (laughs) So, you know. I like the descriptions. (laughs) Don't know which one's worse, this one's different. (laughs) JR and Jesse then hype up Halloween Havoc as an ad is shown, and we're headed off to our fourth match. Nikita Koloff and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus the Miracle Violence Connection of Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy in a semi-final match. Are you still super excited for this one? Fucking Dr. Dump and Terry Doodoo Gordy. Sorry for the poop humor. Gordy uses his size advantage on Steamboat early on until Ricky hip tosses Bam Bam, followed by an arm drag into an arm bar. Then Williams tags in and receives the same. The dragon's working on the arm of Dr. Death with a fireman carry takedown, but ends up having to fight out of the corner. Koloff's now working the arm of Williams, and the two are rolling around on the mat until Bam Bam comes back in. The two hit shoulder blocks, but both no-sell them. Nikita then with a drop kick, and Gordy is right back to his feet. Doc hits a T-bone suplex and locks on a body scissors. To wear down Koloff. Steamboat comes in with chops on Bam Bam but is forced to the corner and then hit with a clothesline by Williams. I'm going to tell you guys right now this is the point of the show that I got bored with the show. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about this match is that they call the STF that he calls the STF the Gordy does the Oriental Twist and it just made me think of like a Japanese band like covering the twist in Japanese and I'm like well I'd rather Listen to the, that, then, then, uh, then watch this match. I'd like to know how to say do the twist in Japanese. My uh, favorite part of this match was spent looking up recipes for sandwiches to make. Oh, so, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 glad, you, I'm so. glad you had time, because yeah. uh, great sandwich. Ricky tries to take Doc down with a crucifix, but he's too powerful and just backs into a turnbuckle. Headbutt and snapmare by Williams. Gordy with multiple body slams, blocks a hip toss, and goes for a short arm clothesline. Only for the dragon to duck, but Bam Bam turns and nails Steamboat with a clothesline with the other arm. Double running shoulder blocked by the connection, then they execute a double team snap suplex, but the wrong man makes the cover, so the ref doesn't allow it. How is this for like a comedy wrestler's finish? It's called the other arm suplex, or he just, not suplex, but the other, the other arm, arm clothesline, clothesline, where he's just like, he's ambidextrous with his clothesline so you never know which one it's going to come from it's a terrible idea but it's the kind of thing that i think about when you're talking about these matches ricky ducks a clothesline <laughs> comes back off the ropes with a crossbody but doc catches him for a backbreaker before locking on an ab stretch he could even be called the other guy michael the other guy temple bam bam's in to toss the dragon to the ropes only to duck his head allowing steamboat to hit a ddt Making his way to the corner for the 
Hot tag. I will say, good use of a DDT. You can hit a DDT from anywhere, and it'll put the guy out enough for you to get your hot tag. But you throw good on you. Good on your boat. DDT at the right time will mm -hmm. wake up a crowd that's been put to sleep for four tag matches. Yeah. Nikita's in with multiple shoulder blocks on Gordy, only for Bam Bam to sidestep the fourth attempt to faceplant Koloff. See if only he did another arm clothesline. Williams is in with a rubber band slam, applies a body scissors onto Nikita, and starts bending the leg back. Koloff starts fighting back, only to miss a knee into a corner. So Gordy goes after it with an STF, and Doc with a Boston Crab. Nikita isn't giving up, so Bam Bam tries the STF once again. Williams with a power slam and looks to attempt an Oklahoma Stampede, but Koloff shoves Doc off into a corner, but Williams bounces back for a double KO. Nikita then makes it to the corner for the hot, hot tag. tag. Ricky's in with forearms and chops to both, tosses the connection into each other, followed by a back suplex to Doc. A Pier 6 brawl erupts, and while the ref is getting Nikita out of the ring, the dragon has gone up to the top, delivering a chop to the head of Williams. Goes for a second one, only for Gordy to shove him off into Williams for a running spine buster. For the pin, and, and the win. win. Pier 6 brawl? So then everyone jumps in the ring and just starts fighting that. I didn't know that was a thing they called that. It's a gorilla monsoon son. Yeah, I wonder what the monsoonism. Yeah, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Is that like a like on the waterfront <laughs> reference or something? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what pier that was. Uh, it was the sixth one. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, Marlon Brando. After the fifth, before the seventh. Mm-hmm. Pier one brawl, which is Pier one imports on Black Friday <laughs> in 1999. I don't know if Pier one imports is still a thing anymore. So, Oklahoma Stampede. Remind me what that is. It's is just, that a, just a run? I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's just, it's like his, it's like it's, the three-point stand. I think it's a running Bronson power slam. Oh, is okay. it a power slam? I think so. Yeah. You that's, can what really looks like, that's what it you looks like he's really, always going to do. Yeah. You can tell how much we love Dr. Death Steve Williams. Forever. No, I mean, if he wasn't, ever. if he wasn't JR's best friend, we probably wouldn't give a shit about I'm sure him. Bill Watts probably loves him. Bill Watts is Oklahoma boy, right? Yeah, that's true. So our fifth match, Hiroshi Hase and Shinya Hasamoto versus the natural Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham in a semi-final match. Fireman's carry by Rhodes on Hase, armbar takedown by Windham, controlling the action until a hook kick to escape by Hiroshi. Also, I want to put over Dustin for high-fiving all the kids on the way to the ring. Barry didn't do it. Dustin. What a jerk. Dustin is just... He'll turn. Way to make your dad proud. Yeah, there, Dustin. Dustin is just... The sweetest man. Barry with a suplex out of a test of strength on Hoshimoto. Oh, I love a test of strength. Yeah, and that's fun. I, I mean, this was fun because Barry's so much taller than him, but Hashimoto is like fucking wider than, <laughs> like, yeah, than every trailer park in the fucking country. That was kind of cool, though. Yeah, it was awesome. You got, you got to have, there's good spots in these matches, but there's spots. But Shinya takes control of the match by working on the arm of Dustin. Hammerlock slam by Wyndham on Hase. Multiple European uppercuts. But Hashimoto comes in with some kicks, a back elbow, and a snapmare on Barry to regain control. Shinya with a modified head scissors, yanking the arm back and working the arm on the ropes. Rhodes comes in. He starts working on Hashimoto's arm with knee drops. 
But once Shinya is up, he starts challenging Dustin to match strikes with him. So the natural starts throwing quick jabs and elbows. But Hashimoto fires back with kicks, body slams, a spinning heel kick. Hase comes off the top rope to complete a spike pile driver on Rhodes. I mean, you know, I didn't expect a spike pile driver. Should have been the finish of the match right there. Yeah, I um, concur. But instead, we're going to get double shoulder blocks from the Japanese, mm. elbow drop from Shinya, and the two men are trading strikes until a massive chop by Hiroshi puts the natural on the mat. Then nobody chops like the Japanese. Wyndham jumps in the ring to start attacking everybody as the ref is removing him from the ring. Hase slams Dustin's head into a turnbuckle. Hashimoto follows up with a knee to the gut and a vertical suplex for a two count. Face plant from Shinya, double team snap suplex from the Japanese, and Hase locks on a Boston Crab, only for Barry to jump in and break up the hold. Overhead belly to belly from Hiroshi and goes up to the top, coming off with a double knee drop. Ugh. But the natural moves hits a clothesline and makes the hot tag. That double knee drop, if he would have landed it, it would have just killed somebody. Because, like, it's like, oh, yeah, he's not going to land that. But, like, you can't make that one light. It's legitimately just a double, like, it's, yeah. And also, like, how do you make that one not hurt to land on? I don't understand how, like, the (laughs) double stomp to the chest doesn't hurt people. Yeah, but I can see you can pull your knees up. But if your knees are already, like, both down, like, what do you do when you're landing on them? Like, I guess just, like, hopefully, like, roll forward, hopefully. But, like, you know, no one's going to pull that off on somebody's chest. You're going to break their fucking ribs. I don't care if you weigh 130 pounds. It's my luck. I'd pull my knees up, and then I'd end up breaking my jaw or something like that, because... You just overdo it? Yeah, you, like, (laughs) somehow break your jaw and pull, like, your ACL at the same time. (laughs) A back elbow from Wyndham knocks Hashimoto off the apron. A vertical suplex, power slam on Hase... Applies the ab stretch, which brings Shinya back in. Barry releases the hold to clothesline Hashimoto, and everybody's brawling, with Wyndham tossing Shinya to the outside, while Hiroshi is topped to the ropes by Rhodes, which is followed by a clothesline from Barry for the pin and the win. Uh, it was actually a lariat, because lariats win matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's semantics, but lariats, you know, it's a lariat. Like, he's doing, he's from, he's. Been in Japan. Can we call it a bury it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wish I could Aborted. bury it in my memory. Bury it? Yeah. Do you remember the last show where we were talking about how it's been great? Singles match, singles match, singles I mean, match. I was. Don't have a tag team match until the sixth match on the show. Yeah. And I mean, then here we I, go. Well, they saved them, the save them all for this show. The, like, the tag tournaments are fine. Uh huh. They shouldn't be pay-per-views. It's not fair. No. It's not fair the final. to the talent. It's not fair to the like, customers. If you want to do the semifinals and the finals. Mm, yes, fine. Yeah, give me two do the matches. Semifinal, do the semifinals at the first, top of the first show. Match. Do the finals at the end of the show. Yes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need 17 tag team matches. No. No. With and we like that I don't we, care about. We had fun with single tournaments. Granted, they were a lot more gimmicky than this, but like our, you know... The wrestling classic. I mean, did they learn nothing from the Lethal Lottery? No, they didn't. <laughs> Do you know how I feel here, about here's the, here, this, this sums up. This is better this than the Lethal Lottery. This, this, it is better than the Lethal Lottery. So it's hard to... 
It's better by a smidge. <laughs> it's just, and the only reason it's better than that is just because I like all the people that are in this. Yeah. Because here's, the, like, but did they have? They are at least tag teams. I love. They've worked together before. I love Hiroshi Hase. Like yeah, he literally, rocks. we've seen him two times before, and both times he's lost a match, and he's still been freaking best performer. Feel of the like night for that, me. like eight minutes of like a twenty-minute match that we watched of him versus Inoki is like one of the highlights of the year for me. And these two matches that they're in in this show are kind of flat. To kind tears. of flat. Mm-hmm. Bored to tears. We're let's move on. Okay, let's, here's, here's let's, let's let's get through this. <laughs> okay, I'll so save, then we can I'll just save rant my, all I'll, we want. I'll save my 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 double D and my T B B G uh, feelings <laughs> for the end. W T F? Oh, huh? Uh, Doctor Death and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Okay, gotcha. T B B G. Tony and Magnum then on the stage and they preview the tournament final, and they bring in Ron Simmons. I was a mean girl in my past life. And Ron says, either you kick it or be kicked. My road hasn't been easy, but it hasn't said stop, yield, or slow down. The only sign I want to read on my road is this way to the world's heavyweight championship. Oh, uh, we love you, Ron. I do. Maybe you'll see that championship one of these days. Our sixth match, Big Van Vader with Harley Race versus Sting. For the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, can I get a yeehaw? Can I get a... Can I get a thank <sighs> God? Can I get a, like, yeah, exasperated sigh of happiness? Yeah. We all needed the slap in the face, and this is the slap that we all deserve. But is it... Am I the only one who just says, why can't they just get them all done and then give me the main event as... What should be the main event? I know this because you gotta have they gotta get a break. But those are big uh, boys. Those big boys need a break. So the story behind this match was that Vader had received a title shot a few months past, but was disqualified in that match, causing Sting multiple cracked ribs and a ruptured spleen after taking a Vader bomb. Don't say spleen at me. That's such (laughs) an awful word. I know it's kayfabe, but ruptured spleen just makes my like back hurt. I don't even know where my organs are, but I know that my spleen hurts. So both men are in the ring. Sting just gets in Vader's face. Oh yes, and also starts yelling at him. Vader's got his ma- Vader has his like mask. mask. He's got his jockstrap match that mask on. He also brings his steaming demon mask. And I'd like to point out that there is a tape trading boy in the front row here. There's a guy with like a liger shirt on, but you can tell that like. He, that you can tell that he's a little smart nerd up there, and it's kind of fun to watch throughout this. He's kind of fun to watch throughout the show, because you know nothing else is fun to watch throughout yeah, the show. I mean, well, we've got uh, Sting getting pumped. Sting, Sting's upset. It's true. And that's nice. Vader was. I'm s- pumped for this match. I am too. I am too. But I'm I'm, I'm not I'm as pumped to... as Sting, but I'm close I'm because to, of trying all trying to build the... the excitement after yeah, the rest of the yeah. shows beat me down. Like. When this thing start, or I shouldn't even say when this thing started. Before I started watching or attempting to watch, Matt shot me a text saying, "Make sure you have a couple of extra strong coffees to get through it." Oh cause... yeah. And I did this one in a cup. I did this one in two, two or three sittings. I got through the first hour and a half in one go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Match starts off Vader with some stiff strikes, short arm clothesline to send the Stinger out onto the floor to regroup. Vader then no sells a sting clothesline and crossbody. 
and they go to a wide shot from the crowd. We see the back of Simmons and Shivani's uh, head watching the match. I love the Tony Shivani Ron Simmons cam. It shows up a couple of times. Also, Sting comes out in his USA gear, but I love Sting's uh, white white pants with the red with the red scorpion on it. I love uh, white gear on most people, but yeah, like I love love white gear. Vader charges into a corner only for the Stinger to move and hit a back suplex, followed by multiple clotheslines that send Vader out to the floor to regroup himself. Harley's complaining about the over-the-top rule, but the ref just kind of waves him off, tells him, shut up. Vader calls for a test of strength. I wonder who's going to win this one. (laughs) And that seems like a really bad idea. So Sting wisely thumbs Vader in the eye. Oh, yeah. Multiple right hands and a drop kick that sends Vader out to the apron. And his thumb to the eye is justified because Vader ruptured his spleen. Yep. Broke, cracked some ribs. The Stinger hits an enziguri and brings Vader back into the ring with a vertical suplex <sighs> for a two-count. <sighs> Dang. Sting charges into Vader, but it just knocks the Stinger down. <laughs> Vader then telegraphs a back body drop, so Sting with some kicks and cradles him up for a near fall, forcing Vader to roll out to regroup once again. Once they're back in the ring, Stinger f- tries for a sunset flip, but Vader just drops down on top and begins to pose. And Jarrah mentions that bodybuilding wasn't doing too good. <laughs> I know that Vader is huge. But until that TOS where he puts his hand up for Sting, I didn't quite realize how tall Vader was. I was like, hmm, man. Vader follows with multiple elbow drops and a splash for a two count. Then a double choke lift before locking on a scorpion deathlock, which Sting eventually powers out of. Yeah, that was um, pretty cool. The double choke, always awesome. Vader continues the punishment with multiple strikes, a clothesline, and a power slam for a two count. The Stinger's fighting out of a corner and ducks a clothesline, coming off the ropes with a cannonball flip kick, followed by a DDT. Ugh. They even, I think JR even says, that's a new move. Like, the Sting, like, I didn't even know what to call it. I was like, a summer salt, like, back kick or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> oh, but yeah, it looks awesome. He does a somersault and kicks the guy. Looks like something out of, like, a side-scrolling, like, beat him up, like... Sting with a shoulder block to send Vader out to the apron, but the Stinger is too spent to follow up. So Vader climbs up to the top rope, where Sting kicks his feet out from under him for Vader to be laying across the top rope, followed by lifting him up onto his shoulders for a Samoan drop. But it only gets a two count, as the Stinger was slow to cover. Probably should have kicked him in in the ribs. Ruptured his spleen. Sting goes for a suplex... Vader then catches him with an elbow, lifts the Stinger up for a back suplex, who flips out, but ends up hitting the ref with his leg by accident. Hits a bridging German suplex for a near fall as Randy Anderson was late getting to the count. That uh, ref bump was weak as fuck. <laughs> it was kind of a shame, but it was uh, just, he was a little far away and just, you know, wasn't the best. Poor little Pee Wee. Mm. Sting with a drop kick and a stinger splash tries for another to Vader's back, but Vader lowers his head, causing Sting to hit his head on the ring post, and he's busted open. Oh, you can see this blade happen. Vader makes. Just, just rewind once, and you'll be like, hmm. All right. He does it 
pretty quick, but I mean, you know, you're completely exposed here. Vader makes the cover for the pin, and the... No! Sting kicks out! Both men are up, and the stinger is swinging madly, not connecting, and falls flat on his face. So Vader just picks him up for a powerbomb, for, for the, the pin, pin. And, and the win. win. Holy shit! And new! Post-match Ron Simmons, Nikita Koloff, and several officials come to help Sting make his way to the back. People are stunned. I'm People stunned. People are stunned. And we don't even get to see the Steiners win later? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd be thinking if I bought a ticket. So we're not going home happy? What is this? Yeah. WC De- Oh, yeah. Oh, you leave them alone. We got three in a row, sir. Uh, Eric's then in the locker room with Harley and Vader. Also, Vader had that pin, like... Deep as hell. He folded him like a fucking white trash sandwich. Like, one slice of bread. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> as those arms are coming together. Yeah. It's time. It's, it's time. time. It's, it's Vader, Vader time. time. Yeah. Yep. Ray says that the myth of Sting is destroyed. And, like, I like that everyone's, like, checking. Like, faces are down to check on Sting. Like, refs and officials are there. Like, they're really putting over the, the beating they took. And Bischoff asks if there will be a rematch. And Vader just says, the pain gain has been taught. And then we go back to JR and Jesse, and JR basically calls Vader out for avoiding the question. But Jesse says, they just won. They're celebrating right now. They don't, they're not thinking about a rematch at this moment. The Vader time thing is the Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. The Vulcan prospect. Yeah, it's, That's all it is. I just like that. It's fun. I can only do it with my left hand, which is weird because I'm not... I'm not a left-handed. It's really stupid. I'm right-handed, but I can only do live yeah. long and prosper with it's, my left it's hand. It's easiest for me. I'm right-handed, and it's easiest for me with my left I hand. I can't too. do it at all over here. It's <laughs> like it looks probably frustrating yeah. to you, but it, it takes me a little while before I can get there. But this one is just like yeah, it's weird. I don't know. And I'm not even. This a Star is the most Trek enjoyable fan. part of this entire podcast, right? Yeah, right here. <laughs> Matt can do both easily. I I I don't now throw like some Star Trek. So you know yeah. I'm, Wolfpack. Yeah. Oh, there's a. Club. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can all do that. Yeah. Through, through the yeah. plexi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a. There's some lost footage of Matt and I just talking about Star Trek for like 40 minutes instead of starting a show. Because <laughs> there was like a Star Trek thing that happened that week of a show or whatever. And I was like, oh, we're going to cut all this, right? And he was like, yeah. I mean, you guys can talk about that. I'll go back and talk about League yeah. of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> So our seventh match, the Miracle Violence Connection of Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy versus the natural Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. The, the man f- that doesn't need a nickname. Or does he not deserve one? In the finals. Barry's the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Bartholomew. He's Barry, Barry, instead of Bartholomew Windham. If he was in the uh, York Foundation. Bernard, or, Bernard Windham. Then he would know, yeah, he would have been Bartholomew Windham. <laughs> And this is for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. You know what else I'm excited for? This match is on, this show's on. This over. is the last fucking tag match of the night. <laughs> so the Steiner brothers make an appearance on the show as they make their way out to the ring. <laughs> but the ref and security just make them leave. Yeah, I was like, hmm. I mean, I know it's not. It's 1992, so I was like, I had this like pipe dream in my heart where it's like 
And I there, there's not many things that I think are stupider than a three-way match, let alone a three-way tag match. But I was like, hey, they'll make it a three-way tag match. Yeah. At least, uh, at least Dustin can sell rules, some. Apparently, at least so Dustin will sell some Steiner Brothers moves. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. These people don't know what a three-way dance is. <sighs> back and forth match to start. Gordy hits a German suplex, but Rhodes fights back with some elbows, knee drops. Wyndham applies the figure four, only for Bam Bam to make it to the ropes. Belly to belly by Dr. Death on Barry. Some mat work between the two, and continues to be very back and forth between the two teams, with Dustin in to work on Gordy's leg. And I feel like, never mind, I'll save it. More mat wrestling. JR then says, I'm definitely awake after what we've seen here today. <laughs> he's, he's just trying to put over his friend. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if, if JR would fucking play with Dr. Death's balls, if he could. Bam Bam locks on the put STF. Some, put some JR's barbecue sauce on that hog. Rhodes elbows out and applies a sleeper, only for the connection to make a blind tag, and Doc breaks up the hold. Dustin escapes a chin lock with a jawbreaker, rolls up Williams for a two count, and goes to make the tag, only for Doc to cut it off. And Gordy's back in with a Boston Crab, which Wyndham jumps into the ring to break up. Then Williams with a power slam on the natural for a two count. Rhodes finally makes a tag and buries in with a back body drop on Doc. Close lines to Bam Bam, a vertical suplex on Williams for a near fall on an extremely slow count by Ole Anderson, who's the ref in this match. A gut wrench suplex by Wyndham on Doc applies a sleeper, but Williams runs Barry's head into the top turnbuckle for the break. Gordy's in with a vertical suplex, a clothesline, goes back to wearing Wyndham down, who escapes with a back suplex. You said suplex. The mat stuff is actually like pretty good and believable. That's like the best I can say about Dr. Death and Gordy, but like, it's like Clay Fighter. It's like, where's the personality? Dustin has it. Where's everyone else? Where's the love? The Black Eyed Peas asked it. These guys aren't answering. Barry tries to make a tag only for Doc to hold on to him, dragging him back to the Connections corner. Rhodes jumps in to attack from behind, but the ref just makes him get right back out. Ab stretched by Williams on Wyndham. Somehow, Barry makes it to the ropes to break the hold, followed by Gordy being tossed to the ropes, only for them to knock noggins for a double KO. But this allows Wyndham to crawl to his corner for the... Oh, hot tag. tag! The natural's in with right hands. There we go. Elbows to like everyone, him. but Dr. Death nails him from behind with uh, a double axe handle to break the momentum. He was, he was barely got his hot tag on. So was it a hot tag? Damn it, no. Steve. Williams goes, <laughs> Williams goes back to wearing down Rhodes, but Dustin starts fighting back, only to receive a knee to the gut from Doc and a clothesline from Gordy for a two-count. Rhodes is ping-ponging back and forth, fighting off the connection, only for Williams to Irish whip him hard into a corner. Multiple running slams into turnbuckles, and looks to hit the Oklahoma Stampede when Wyndham jumps in the ring to dropkick them so that Dustin lands on top. But once again, the ref is out of position and has a slow count <laughs> for literally a one count. I thought Ole was clean. Uh, and it wouldn't have been nice. No, he's just Dustin. a horrible ref. If, yeah, I know. But wouldn't have been He's nice. out of position so many times, and his count is so slow. And he's just there because he's like, well, I'm not he needed a job. And, and Bill Watts will say, Bill Watts is my and friend. Like, didn't they fire him on once or twice already? Yeah. 
Another Pier 6 brawl breaks out. How many times have I said that Woo! on the show? I don't know, but by the fourth time you said it, I finally realized I had to ask. <laughs> Barry takes Bam Bam out to the floor. Williams misses a corner charge. The natural goes for a bulldog, but Doc shoves him off right into Gordy on the apron. Williams then hits a running clothesline to turn him inside out for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And, and new! This would also unify the NWA and WCW tag belts. You know what else would have unified these tag belts if they would have just given them the fucking things in the first place and saved us this three hours of bullshit? <laughs> like, what a beautiful way to unify a couple of titles. Yeah. Right? Oh, you think so? I think so. By putting them on, you know... Some, the most boring team yeah, ever? Like, the, 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 the team of, like, Mound of Mashed Potatoes and Other Mound of Mashed Potatoes... <laughs> <laughs> Tony and Magnum arm and other arm. <laughs> Tony and Magnum were up on the stage recapping the evening when the Miracle Violence Connection joined them and Gordy says we told everybody that we were going to do it and it will be a long long time before you can find a team that can beat us we go back to JR and Jesse they hype up the Halloween Havoc again with the graphic and Ventura tells JR to go cry in his suit because he just keeps bitching about Dustin and about Dr. Winning. Death winning, he just didn't want to put over the guys. We all know JR was, you know, harder than it was to get through this show under those fucking khakis. And then he tells us that the Steiners will meet the MVC during the, the tour that will be Great American Bash. Yeah. They hype up the hotline, recap Sorry. the world title match before saying their goodbyes, and credits roll Yay! as Pyro goes off. Woo! <laughs> So, we get to our overall thoughts, oh and we'll go to Shane O'Mac <laughs> first. I raised my hand. No, Michael, go ahead. I hate Dr. Death. Throw Terry Gordy in the fucking trash can. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's what I put together while Matt was, oh. while Matt was talking. <laughs> I will say that the only thing that I think I... Re- I mean, there's a one really good match here. It's great. We like it. I'm sure we'll talk about it. But two heel wins? I guess that's Bill Watts style? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I you mean, know, the, I, the I, I respect... already pissed. So I res- may as well just pull the fucking trigger. <laughs> I respect the two heel wins. But, I mean, obviously, like, when they got this far, I was like, well, the Steiners aren't here, so the Steiners are going to have to beat Terry and them later. Because, like, them beating... Them go having a match against Dustin and Wyndham, which I would probably prefer to see, doesn't really make any sense after what we've done here. So like, I got it, but I didn't fucking like it. No, definitely not. Yeah. <sighs> JR um, says, uh, you know, Sting should get a rematch. You know, I'd like to see that. Everyone thinks Sting should get a rematch. Yeah, of course. What about you, Shane? You've got a show <laughs> with Brian Pillman, Jushin Thunder Liger, <laughs> Nikita Koloff, Ricky Steamboat, Steve Austin. Some fucking awesome Japanese guys. Yeah. Guys. The Japanese guys. Uh, Hiroshi Hase and Shinji Hase and Hashimoto. Dustin Rhodes. Come on. Barry Windham. You, you, the, the most boring person you named was Barry Windham. Yeah. And we still like Barry Windham. He can still uh, turn out. Maybe Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes is for the. But, is for the. Is for. Is like. He's. He does what he does well. I watched this. How many years ago was it now? Uh, 28. 28. 28 years ago I watched this, and 
I was angry when I watched it. And <laughs> How old then, were you? Uh, in 92, would this happen, what month? July? Yeah, yeah, I was 14, about to be 15. Oh, uh, and you were, yeah, I guess, okay, you could be pissed. I wasn't sure how uh, yeah. old you were when it happened. I was like, if I was like eight, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be as, like, I might, I might be disappointed, but I don't think I would have been, like, angry. Like, that fucking nah. sucks. Because when you're eight, you, when I, yeah. I was a, an old soul, and <laughs> I, I was, I mean, I'm the youngest of nine kids, so I knew what it meant to be pissed off. And at 14 <laughs> years old, after having to sit through this bullshit, I was pissed off. Yeah. And they then got my 20 bucks. I kind of forgot all about everything that happened, mostly on purpose. I remember Vader winning the belt, but I totally yeah, blacked out that. the rest of it being a tag team pay-per-view until it was brought to my attention when it was time to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And it was the most excruciating thing I've tried to watch in recent memory. To the Did point you that watch the Lethal Lottery with yes. us? I didn't watch it. I mean, I, I wasn't here for that show, but I watched it you've, just because. You've, yeah, you've seen it. And you, you like... I, I, I made it through that one easier than this one. Really? I don't know. I think that I was just... Because the qu- this the wasn't... quality of people in this show is better than the yeah. Lethal Lottery, but the quality of matches is much worse in this show. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. All I remember is the Lethal Lottery is like, what? Why are we? Why am I even watching this? Where at least here I'm like, well, at least these are like teams. Where the Lethal Lottery is like, why? Was there any? What was the, like the like main event on the Lethal Lottery? The Battle Bowl. Yeah. Where Sting and Luger. Fought in the double ring thing where they yeah, had to throw people the over, ring and... which oh. was dumb in itself. That had that cool Liger Eaton moment, I think, and then yeah. the last five minutes were okay with Sting and Luger, and there wasn't any singles matches at all. No, fuck. Well, but it was. It I don't was know. This is like you know comparing like uh, watching yeah like you know it's like choking down a turd with a bottle of piss. <laughs> Like, fucking, who cares at so, this point? I'm already eating a turn. In some countries, that's a delicacy. <laughs> I don't so know that that's true. I sure. will not be making that for one of our shows. So, obviously, WCW didn't make it four for four. No. No, but three for three is crazy. Three for this three show is crazy. was so slow that by the time I got to Sting Invader, I was done. Mm-hmm. I was just like, just, I'm just like, finish. Just. Hurry up yeah. and do your thing mm-hmm. so I can be done watching this. Yep. Yeah. But here's the thing. You should definitely watch Sting Invader. Sting Vader yeah, watch oh, Sting yeah. Invader twice. Never watch any of this show. You, you will get nothing out of it. If no. you've listened to this show more than like 10 episodes, I know I have probably mentioned at least once in 10 episodes that Bunkhouse Stampede is the worst show ever. <laughs> that match alone makes this show better than Bunkhouse Stampede, but literally by the smallest, smallest of margins. What was the wording you used not too long ago about an ass hair is different or whatever? Oh, uh, I was saying that, like, like, I don't like Dr. Death, and I don't like Gordy as a tag team, and I say they are, like, just an ass hair better than the fucking skyscrapers. And I don't want the skyscrapers there. And like, it's like I, fuck, it's like, come on. This is that's, the, a, that's a huge insult. What was wrong with this show is one, and, and I've said this many times when there's a lot of tag matches on shows. I, we hate that we do. because they do a lot of the same things in each and every match. I mean, I literally pointed it out in the last match 
how many Pier 6 brawls were there before the end of a match. But literally the ship, there was too many double face in perils. Mm-hmm. Like they would do the hot tag and then there would be another three or four minutes of beat down on that guy before they did another hot tag. And the hot and tag wasn't like, like earned? It, it's not earned. And every match, excluding Sting and Vader, was five minutes too long. Because, like, literally every single one of the tag matches, other than, like... Yeah, they did that the double first, hot tag, and it's like, well, you could have cut five. Like, except for the Japanese, because the Japanese did a nine-minute match and a 14-minute match. Mm-hmm. But other than that, every single one of the matches went almost 20 minutes. Yeah, and we talked about them quickly. There is no fucking reason for a tag match to go 20 minutes. Nope. You are not going to be able to content, to keep up the excitement in a 20-minute match. Especially with tag teams that aren't, like, completely... They're not, like, classic tag teams. I mean, literally... Outside of, like... And then the one classic tag team took the fall in the first... The moment we, we should have known... The first match. That we should have known that this show was going to probably suck ass. <laughs> when, I, when I found out it was a tag Was Flying Brian gets a basically a hot tag and comes in, hits chops, a back body drop to Ricky... Drop kicks Koloff, body slams the dragon again. We should have gone to a pinning sequence. Yeah. And instead, he puts a headlock on. Yeah. I'll, okay. <laughs> I just, and the pen has been thrown. Thrown my hands up in the fucking air. Yeah. It's just like, well, what I'm, the fuck are we doing? I don't know, but I'm looking at the bunkhouse stampede. I'm like, well, some of these sound fun. They sound fun, but they're. The Larry Zabisco match is the best match on that show, this and it lot. fucking sucks. Yeah. If Larry Zabisco like, is Cole, your best Cole match. Cole and Eaton with Jim Cornette uh, as a time, time one draw. Never mind. That's a bad idea. No. Uh, Hawk and Flair by, by DQ? Okay. All right. Well. I'm telling you. Yeah. On don't, paper. Don't like, go watch Bunkhouse Stampede. I'm not going to watch it again. No. I won't. I remember it being bad. Don't watch Bunkhouse like, Stampede, but if you, aside from the Unless you can find Sting the Bunkhouse Stampede match. dark match, which was Jimmy Garvin and Sting defeating the Sheep Herders. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. The Sheep Herders. No, the Sheep Bushwhackers. <laughs> is the Bushwhackers, uh, Butch Miller and Luke Williamson. And also, that was DQ as well. So before I so, move... So I'm sorry. I just had to, I had to refresh my, before my I move on memory even of, further. The, of the Stampede, which I don't remember at all. But I was like, the names look nice. They look nice. Just like but here, so do the, the names, names on this nice show look there. nice, too. Yeah. But I would have booked the final match differently as well. What I would have done... I didn't think about it enough, but I'm willing to listen to you. What I would have done is literally have the Steiners come down and... DQ it. Do something to the Miracle Violence Connection to allow Rhodes and Wyndham to win the NWA Tag Team Championship. Okay. It one, it gets their heat back with the Miracle Violence Connection, who beat them mm-hmm. in the first round. They can now then compete against each other for the WCW title, and then Rhodes and Wyndham can go off and battle against other people for the NWA thing. Yeah, it keeps the belts separate, and it builds up more. I mean, Rhodes and Wyndham. They can, are, are, are take that basically take that next step. Yeah, and they can do defend. They can defend against like you know Austin and Eden or something like that. But instead, in Gordy and Williams beating both Ricky and Nikita, <laughs> and then in 
Rhodes, and Wyndham. They've basically made four guys who are top of the card, basically, WCW, look like mid-carters. Yep, yeah. In defeating them the way they did. Where they basically just was like, let me lock this on for like ten minutes, and yeah. then no one's going to get any offense in. That's literally what these matches were. Well, yeah, Dustin should have fucking got a, a beautiful hot tag and a pin in this show, at least. He, he deserves it. I would There's rather like, watch three hours of Bushwhackers against oh, Beverly's than oh, I any... I, I don't want to watch know. this show ever again. I mean, I'm never going to watch this show again, but... Uh, I kind of want to burn this one. <laughs> you just light your notebook on fire. We're going to buy the DVD and, like, you know, find a fun way to destroy it. Put it on... Uh, that means we gave him money. Uh-huh. Get it off, like, uh, eBay. Still giving someone money. Yeah, I mean, they're still getting my 10 bucks so I can watch these goddamn shows. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. What did we just do? <laughs> we ranted. <laughs> okay. But now, best moments. Okay, so as much as we've <laughs> I ranted. my best moments. I as probably much had as two. we've ranted about the show, there are cool moments. There's spots. There are spots in this show. That are cool. They're typically, bef- they're typically, fortunately, like what either right before or right after the first hot tag. Basically, <laughs> my best moment: you had Steamboat and Pillman and <laughs> Liger in the ring together. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Steamboat and Liger had some great chemistry together. Yes. And then as soon as Nikita came in, it was just like, oh <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah. Nikita, this is not where you belong. No. Here's Literally the, a bull in a china shop. We didn't really talk because you might say that most disappointing thing was Sting losing the belt. But here's the thing: they were building Vader up as an unstoppable monster. Sting Sting loses the belt all the time. It's he fine. Does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, he's gonna end up getting it back at some point. You know this because he's fucking Sting, and literally he doesn't need the belt to be over with the crowd either. Okay. So. I had no issue with the title change there. No, no, it was awesome. And it made, I mean, it made Vader look even better yeah. in my eyes. Because he, you know, he beat the man named Sting. So, any, how about you, Michael? Do you have any best moments? Uh, I don't know. I liked some of the, I liked the, I do like the Hashimoto uh, test of strength moment. It was very fun. Yes. I liked uh, Hase's double knee, which, which is, was like, you don't do that to your knees, sir. I You're going to need those. I liked their double team move to end the their match against the Freebirds. Uh, Hashimoto, like, Savat kicked. Oh, yeah. Hayes right into Hase, who then did a Northern Light suplex. Mm, yeah, that was good. All, like, tags, they got to end. They all, like, that's the thing about a tag, is they end with, most of the time, some kind of fuckery. Like fuckery that. or double team yeah, yeah. move, yeah. Someone tries some fuckery and then you get through double team. But like, yeah, those, especially when there's no like managers around, like you get those moments. How about most disappointing? I mean, I mean, other than we just like had to watch the show. Yeah, there's about uh, an hour and twenty <laughs> minutes of the show that are disappointing. I'll say an hour and eighteen minutes because there's like two minutes from the collective tag matches that I probably was like, oh, that was a cool spot. And the Sting matches like seventeen minutes. It's like twenty minutes. So we'll give about thirty minutes of this entire show is good. Yeah, and the rest yeah. of it is very, very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Like overall show is the most disappointing thing. Like you said, thirty minutes of it, 
are, are good and you but I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you to go out there and find those good other no, no, 20 no. minutes from watch the Sting matches. Invader match. Doctor Dump and turn it off. Terry and then, Boo yeah. Gory. Go. Go buy a sandwich. Some, yeah. Go, <laughs> go buy you some pimento cheese, some fried green tomatoes, bacon. Right. Yes. Put it all together mm-hmm. and eat it while you're watching the Sting Invader. Yeah. While match. you stare at the wall, maybe. Remember why you be more fun. <laughs> How about best performer of the night? I mean, uh, Sting and Sting and Vader. I mean, that's the only good thing here. There's other like guys that have moments, but moments don't give you the whole show. I would actually give it to Rhodes. Three matches in a night. He was literally the only person that I cared about in that last match. Yeah, but I'm all. I'm super high on Rhodes. Just at the like, you know, at the moment, I'm just like. I think I messaged you, and I was like, Dustin Rhodes was born, like, too late. Mm-hmm. He would have been the king of a territory or whatever, because he's just, he's like 21, and he's, like, outperforming everybody. He's fucking huge. Yeah. He's fucking sells incredibly. Actually, where's my highlight? I'm sorry. I believe it is the bump that Dustin takes in the last match where... Dustin Rhodes takes this like twist bump where he like barrel well, he gets, rolls. He gets clothesline. He gets clothesline. He, he, he does yeah, an he, entire three sixty. Yeah, he does like a three sixty like barrel roll, and it looked incredible. I watched it like five times, and I think and that and like between the last show and then Dustin's performance here, I was just talking to Matt, and I was like, Dustin, it's like fuck. I was like, I love Gold Dust, but like he deserves so much more than Gold Dust. He made Gold Dust a thing, but and people remember Gold Dust, but. People don't. Most people don't think of Goldust as like this amazing work rate guy, and Dustin is so much better than being handed a gimmick. I think. Agreed. Agreed. I think. I think so. Agreed. And I love Goldust. I love Dustin. But here it's just like, ah, uh, if you were just doing this in like you know nineteen like seventy five on or whatever if you were 21 and 75 your dad wouldn't have been the like x amount champion it would have been your ass because yep. he's easy to cheer for and he he looks like you know a big badass old school wrestler best performer for me who didn't piss me off on the show dustin and staying invader didn't i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna be unique and i'm gonna say magnum ta Oh my god! <laughs> I was on screen for a minute and a half. And you know what? That minute and a half, I, I, I had no problem. Yeah, I mean, Magnum Ta is a handsome bastard. I appreciate. I feel like his ponytail. Yeah. Magnum Ta. I mean, obviously, he isn't a great promo or anything, but he has like a like. He feels like he should have got work in like so many bad action movies from the '80s and '90s, where he's just the guy in the bar that's shooting pool that mm-hmm. like decks somebody and starts the brawl. Picks up the pool stick. Yes. Snap, snaps it over his knee. <laughs> Anything surprising on this show? I didn't know what I was getting into. <sighs> I didn't remember what I was getting into, but it turned out to be a good surprise because you know that sandwich I... was pretty fucking tasty. Yeah. You know what I do that love? That sandwich was a good surprise, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I do love... Thank you, Georgia. ...the Great American Bash logo. It's good yeah. font. It's good font. The, the uh, poster. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was talking about the, how the poster was good because it's like two hands, like... Out like looking like, like they're gonna hot tag, like they're gonna hot tag, and it's got like the world. world, yeah. And it is a pretty fun poster. It kind of looks like almost like a 
like a the box for like an old PC game from like '92. <laughs> it's got the poster's Maybe pretty it's good. Maybe because I'm from a different generation, but I hated, <laughs> I hated the poster. I love it. I mean, in hindsight, I love it. When I first saw it, I was like, "What is this?" I think I just have all it's around like, it's like towards this show. So, <laughs> a graphic, whatever, is just I don't want to see. I, it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I would uh, purchase the Great American Bash font for my PC. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I pay ten dollars for that font, but I want my ten dollars back for watching the show. I'll just take five back, or maybe two point. $2.50 back. I probably watched four shows on the network this this month. I could use that $2.50. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. In 1983, New Japan Pro Wrestling would hold the first International Wrestling Grand Prix, the precursor to the G1 Climax. Ten men would enter into a round-robin format with the two men with the most points meeting on June 2nd, 1983, to determine the champion. The finals would feature Antonio Inoki and a young Hulk Hogan. The two would go back and forth for 20 minutes until Hogan would hit his axe bomber to knock Inoki from the apron, knocking him completely out. Hulk Hogan, born 1953 in Augusta, Georgia, the son of a construction worker and a dance instructor, he had a promising baseball career, but an injury derailed his dreams. But growing up in the Tampa area, he idolized Dusty Rhodes and superstar Billy Graham. While working out at a gym one day, the Briscoe brothers were impressed by Hulk's physique and would introduce Hogan to Hiro Matsuda to begin training. In mid-1977, Hulk Hogan would make his debut in Florida and would begin making tours through other territories including winning his first title in Tennessee in 1979. Later that year, Hogan would be in, introduced as a heel in the WWF, wrestling greats such as Ted DiBiase, Bob Backlund, and Andre the Giant, with Freddie Blassie as his manager. After spending some time in the AWA and making an appearance in Rocky III, Hogan would return to the WWF and the rise of Hulkamania was set becoming one of the biggest names ever in wrestling. For his accomplishments, Hogan has been inducted into the Greatest 18 Club, the Professional Wrestling, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and twice into the WWE Hall of Fame. Hulk Hogan would have to vacate the IWGP Heavyweight Championship after holding it for over a year because he was unable to compete in the 1984 version. So a new champion with a familiar face would emerge. Bum, bum, bum. I'd like to watch some old Hogan before, you know, he didn't work anymore and just posed. I know that 83 Anoki Hogan match is on New Japan, okay. and I believe it's probably on Daily Motion. Yeah, or I'm sure I can find YouTube it. But somewhere. I'm curious, just... did you know that Hogan played uh, bass in rock yeah. bands? It's kind of cool. It's cool that he has, you know... He released an album eight talents. at one point. Oh, like uh, just a Hulk Hogan album? Like him and some other guys. Uh, okay, because I know he was just like the bass player. It's like he wasn't like singing. I can't imagine Hulk Hogan have a great singing voice. <laughs> no, probably not. I just like how I thanked Georgia a minute ago for that sandwich idea, only to find out that Hulk Hogan was from Georgia. So, <laughs> sorry, Georgia. Taking it back. Sandwich is still good, though. You leave Georgia alone. <laughs> Next week, we 
got kind of a special thing. Mm. We're going to be covering a Ross report from August 2nd, 1992. It was a segment that was on an episode of WCW Worldwide. I couldn't find the entire episode of Worldwide for us to watch, so we're just going to cover that report and watch the full match that is covered in that. Because it's something, something yeah. major kind it's of happens. It's one of those things like it. sometimes we watch some Saturday night main events, or sometimes yes. we watch our uh, the Clash Flashes. of Champions. If something noteworthy happens, we don't catch them all, but the, the big case, ones are big ones. We're going to be watching... Some, some serious history being made. Yes, it's a history-making moment. Not many people, I think, know about it, really. I, I feel it's kind of an underappreciated history-making moment. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Definitely. So, the video for the Ross Report and the, main, and the whole match is out on YouTube. I will definitely throw links up into Twitter uh, for those. So, if you follow us there, you can always look from there as well, if you can't find them. But the music from this week's show is Leading Edge by Todd Blades. And the Miracle Violence Connections theme song is called Decibel by Stephanie Jolly and Eric Casper. So you're hearing that right now. You can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast app. You can always email us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns. And you can always find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. Don't watch the great American bats. Send me some food or beverage ideas. Yeah, send us some of those food ideas. Because yeah. we're going to be hitting some... The Ross Report is in Baltimore. Ooh. It's covering a house show in Baltimore, Maryland. So, some some food items from I Maryland. brings crab cakes. Oh man. You don't know me. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't know, you don't know if I like crap. Always remember, why get a half crap when you can get the whole crap? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.